I think it is the fourth I can't time. Either. Yeah, is it? Might be. Is it? This is your second time this season, and you were on. I think twice. Might be pandemic, third. I think. Right? Or did I do I three? Know. I don't. Wow. I think it's your fourth. <laughs> I think it's your fourth time on the show. Okay, we'll go with that. Cool. Well, welcome everybody. One and all to the Clip Said podcast. Uh, we've got a, a very special episode here. We've got a guest who's been on literally countless times. We tried to figure it out and couldn't. Uh, and so I want to welcome one of our favorite people on the Clippers beat, one of our favorite people in life, uh, one of our favorite guests, just one of our favorites in everything, Miriam Swanson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming back for who knows how many times now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna get sick of me eventually and i will no longer be one of your favorites i don't think that's possible well, mm, i'll do my best i'm not Let's ruling see. it out but that day's not two days so we're good we're yeah. good for this episode <laughs> fair fair after this though uh, yeah 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 we're gonna be you're pushing it after this one um so we had a i thought a fun week of games for the clippers uh there's, I, I don't know, just off top, I had this thought last night when the game started. It feels like every single game is a back-to-back. Mm. It does. Like, I had forgotten that they had a day of rest before the Philly game. Because I was like, oh, yeah, here we go, another back-to-back game. And I was like, oh, wait, they actually had the day off. But, like, every basketball game I watch feels, like, I'm not just talking Clippers. It feels like it's a back-to-back for everybody. Um, but the Clippers are currently on a uh, long road trip. What is it? It's uh, they're playing 10 games in 10 different arenas or is it nine? It, nine, nine. Brutal. But since the last time we recorded, the team has gone three and one. Um, there's been some really fun games. We've seen some canoes. The canoes all stars made oh, yeah. an appearance this last week, uh, which was so much fun. It's my favorite team in the NBA is the canoes. Like <laughs> I, the Clippers are like a close second, but the canoes are my number one team. That's the team I love most. Wow, breaking news. So it's like there's the LA Canoes and then there's the other team in LA, which is the Clippers, and then there's the other other team in LA. Right. That's that's kind of the tier that I'm at right now. Uh Miriam, have you been this week? Busy like you guys. Yeah. 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 It's uh they all started starting to run together these games. Plus there was the WNBA draft, so I had my hand in that too, so trying to get up to speed on that. So yeah, it was a busy week. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot to cover at once. Um, the W draft is all in one day, right? They don't they mm-hmm. don't spread it out. Over oh yeah, it's like days. in an hour. Okay, it's that <laughs> yeah, quick. It's, wow. it's, yeah, it's like thirty six picks, and the like the final round is instant. I think everyone just turns in who they want, and everyone says, "Okay, cool." <laughs> so informal. Um, <laughs> no, it's not quite like that, but it goes that fast. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I don't know. Should we just jump straight into it? Just get into the uh, get into the show here. We can start. Um, let's start with let's start with the positive takeaways from the last week in Clippers slash Canoes basketball. Miriam, we can start with you. If you want to hear our positive takeaways first and get your thoughts together, it's your call. Well, I just wrote. I just filed my story for today, so I'll start, and then I okay. Think that uh, a positive takeaway is that Paul George is playing basketball pretty well <laughs> despite mm-hmm. despite his 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 foot issue um but the, the part of it that i've thought 
has been interesting is sort of his sort of mind over matter, matter of fact approach to things. And yeah. that, you know, he realizes I'm going to have this toe thing bothering me and um, I'm going to have to find a way to deal with it. And I'm not going to let it, you know, get in my head. And clearly he's not like he's really stepped up and, you know, five straight games of 32 or more and like 37 last night and 36, whatever night ago before that. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> and he's just playing brilliantly just, you know, and, but, but it's also sort of like a, a fun thing to see like him sort of like mentally over, you know, overcome what, what would bother me. Yeah. And despite all that, he's driving to the rim more than I think he has in his entire career right now. Right. Which yeah. is really impressive. And that was kind of, you know, I know Joseph, you were calling for that a ton at the start of the season was like, yeah, he's shooting great, but like, I want to see him go inside. And the idea was like, go inside and, and get the whistle, get to the line, which still is not happening very well. It's the Paul most George's. insane whistle in the NBA. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> it is. He has been, I've seen him stabbed, shot, beaten with a club, and there's a referee right there and nobody says anything. It's, it's the most insane thing I think I've ever seen. It's I'm convinced crazy. that, it, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm convinced that NBA refs are the like guys on NBA Twitter that like, you know, say ratio and like <laughs> all of that stuff. Those are NBA refs. Like I'm convinced that like those accounts are burners for all the, all the NBA refs. Wait, you've got Tony brothers as a reply guy. That's what you <laughs> yeah, have. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tony brothers is the ultimate reply guy. His handle is like TB four, seven, nine, six, five, four, two, one. And he joined a week ago. Yes. That's that's where I'm at, because the, I just don't understand. Like it's it's to a point where like I it's disrespectful. It is <laughs> where Paul George is like, it's not even I, I don't think he's even asking for a superstar call. He's just asking for calls when one he's call getting contact. Please. one yeah. time, please. I mean, the fact that we have Miriam here, beat writer extraordinaire also being like, yeah, I think it's a pretty shitty whistle that Paul George is getting, <laughs> I think, has shown the extent to which this has come. <laughs> Well, I, I, yeah, I'm not usually, you know, I, I'm not usually one to like harp on, on calls or to, you know, come up with conspiracies in that regard. Cause I think officials have an incredibly hard job and it's a tough job to do. But like you said, I think, you know, PG got shot the other day going on the rim. Yeah. They were like, eh, it's grazed ruined. Whatever. You're yeah, fine. It's non, non-life-threatening. You'll be okay. Yeah. 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 By the way, the episode is going to be called Ref Ripping with Miriam Swanson. I just <laughs> yeah, want you to know it. that right now. That's the one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. Paul, I mean, PG and you're right. His like, he just accepted that it's, I think that's just getting older, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you get into your thirties. How old is Paul George right now? 30, is he 31. Two? I think he's 30. One. Exactly. One. Right. No, not two. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. He is 30. 30. He's in, yeah. He's 30. So yeah, yeah I like, it. I feel like we all hit 30 at some point and then start to be like, well, things are just going to start hurting for the rest of my time here. <laughs> and I think Paul George has gone through that that aging experience with the rest of us and is like, yeah, that's just going to be uncomfortable for me. And yeah. now I'm going to operate with that for the rest of my life. Um, so, you know, it makes him a little human. I like it. I think Paul George is a lot human. That's kind of yeah part of his appeal to me. Definitely. I don't. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Joseph, what's your positive takeaway from this last week? Uh, the never say die clips. I think we're we're back to. um feeling like you're never really out of it. Um, Like, you know, last night I try not to jinx the team, you know, but it's like every time the team goes down, obviously I'd rather them not go down by 15 to 20 points in the first five minutes of every game. But 
when it happens, I have this feeling of like, well, they're going to figure out who has it tonight and they'll get back into the game, which is not something that I feel like I had a lot of last year. You know, I felt like talent wise, they could get back into any game they cared about. But I also feel like last year there were there were nights where it was kind of like, eh, it's over. We're done. Like, I'm just I'm done playing tonight. Um, and I think it's a testament to the group that we have, you know, a lot of has been made about having a veteran locker room, but I also think it's a testament to Ty Lue as a coach. Um, you know, he finally spoke to it a couple days ago in a, in a post game or in a pregame. I can't remember it all blends together. Um, but where he talked about how he doesn't like to get too high or too low because he feels like if he's screaming all the time, it affects the team. And if he's, you know, carrying on, it affects the team and having that poise helps them, you know, stay in a game and stay engaged. And I really think that tactics aside, um, that's been the biggest thing that he's brought to the team this year is it feels like they're together, not just from a, you know, personal chemistry point, but from a team chemistry point, they know who they are, they know what they can do. And they feel like at any moment they can get back into something. Um, And it's really, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, We'll get into some hashtag chemistry talk here, but like um, it, it felt like every year Doc was head coach. He always talked about trust, right? You got to have trust on the team. And when they would have those like great nights and those comeback wins, he talked about the trust that the team had in each other. This team trusts each other and you yes. and you see it happen, right? And like we've seen multiple examples of it. I've talked about that Reggie blunder a thousand times. I'm not going to get into it now, but like, you know, even like the win in Detroit the other night. Like the way they were celebrating at the end, it was like, oh, this like these guys love playing with each other and like not just playing with each other, but like it really feels like they're playing for each other on a lot Mm -hmm. of these nights. And I think that's where it comes in. It's not this like I think the grittiness is that they're trying to win for the guy next to them. And that's super important. I don't think that we've seen that. You know, I don't think that was the case last year by any means. Um, So, yeah, like it's there's definitely it's an intangible thing, but it's it it's translating to these like gritty wins um, during one of the grittiest schedules. I think anybody in the NBA has ever played. So yeah, it's, it's a good thing to have this year for sure. Um, Miriam, are you, I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing the same stuff, like just the way these guys love each other, the way they're just like never hanging their heads. Yeah. I I think I wonder if if some of it has to do with like the depth on the team and that like Reggie and Luke consider themselves like good NBA players. Right. And so when they have their moments, when they're going to get moments like they want to show out and they want to, you know, make sure that, you know, they don't squander those chances too. Um, and, and that, you know, the Clippers don't lose the games that <laughs> they have to go with, you know, Luke, this mm-hmm. is, this is a Luke game. Well, you know, it might go either way. I think like those guys have a lot of pride and, and mm-hmm. have been able to step up and like same with for Batum and, and, you know, the, yeah. the role players who all have sort of taken turns, Pat Patterson last night, um, have taken turns, you know, like showing that they can play ball and that Kawhi and PG should trust them. And like the, the trust thing isn't just like, it's not always going to translate to assists, right? Cause you look at the Detroit game and there were what 10 total team assists for the Clippers and mm-hmm. they won that game. I think it's the trust that it's like, it, it's crazy to say, but like in that game, I was watching Reggie bring the ball up and I was like, yeah, go ISO the shit out of somebody, Reggie. Like you've got <laughs> yeah. it tonight. And like, mm-hmm. I, 
you know, two months ago, I wouldn't have been saying that. And so like, and, and the fact that that celebration was so big because of that, because there was so much like isolation and all of that, and they were so happy for each other that like, I think that's a, that's a big thing for sure. I think, I think too, something that you kind of touched on, you know, I wanted to kind of celebrate Pat Pat really quick because he was incredible um, last night against the Sixers. Um, but it's, it's like, Pat Pat had a really rough night, I think, the game before. I think he was really rough either in Detroit or the, or the night before that. He had a really rough stretch. And, like, you know, Ty took him out and, and went with other, you know, players or whatever. Um, but I think Ty has instilled that kind of trust in these guys in that if you're playing well, I'm going to just ride you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to be able to continue what you're doing. And that, I think, lets the guys believe it themselves, you know, like, it's not just, okay, Pat, Pat, we're going to play you for three minutes and you hit those three threes. Great job. Now we're going to get somebody else in. It's like, no, if you've got it, I'm going to let you keep showing that you've got it. Um, and I think that that's a really empowering kind of understanding that the guys have. Brian, what's yeah, your positive yeah. takeaway? Um, my positive takeaway, I mean, damn, we've got some good ones already. Um, it's literally, I, I kind of gave it away in the introduction, but having a 3-1 week and like, I'm including the Philly game and the positive takeaway, right? Yeah. They were in Philly. It was, I'm sure, Joseph, you could break down how if it was a five and seven for sure, or three, three and four for sure. Three and four. Um, I don't know if it was a five and seven might have no. been, but Detroit either way, was, the it five was, it was and seven. So it was a six and nine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it, it was a rough game to be playing on the road against a team that they had already beat so I think we all expected them, especially because they were without Embiid in the first matchup. They were going to come out swinging. Like yeah. I, like I truly think Philly was like, circle that game. We have to win that game. Um, but you know, to lose that game by three without you know, arguably your best player. I PG is making an argument to be the best player on the team right now. Um, but you know, without your second star, um, and to go in and and almost win that game. Man, you, I, I just feel like they, that was a moral victory. Like if, if we're talking moral victories, four and zero all week, um, three and one on the, on the, uh, you know, piece of paper, but like in the standings, but like, yeah, I just, I thought, and each game they, they won in a different way, yeah. right? We saw like some team wins, we saw some isolation wins, we saw some, and then we saw a moral win. And so it's like, great, man. I, I feel so good about where the Clippers are right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it just carried over to the week before. I mean, was that a seven game win streak? Yes. Did it end at seven? Yeah, it mm -hmm. ended at seven. Huge. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was cracking jokes. Like, are we still mad about the Orlando game now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that felt like people thought the the fucking sky was falling and then they go and they rattle off seven in a row. And so it's like, yeah, man, like there are, you know, there are bad losses, but there's also schedule losses. I think Philly was a bit of a schedule loss, but yeah, you got to feel good about where they are, even at the end of that game. Like, I, I, I don't think anybody went into the awkward room with their heads down. Yeah. I think the, the PG performance was incredible in a game where it did kind of feel like the team was like, let's just kick the can down the road. Let's get home. Let's get healthy. Yeah. We'll have a day here. We've got one more bad stretch, right? Let's just get whole. And then, you know, we'll have a lot of time to rest because after this week, next week sucks is another, you know, shitty. We have a back to back thing. But then for like three weeks, we're on regular rest or have two days rest before every game. So. Um, I just think it was kind of like, a, all right, this is the end of a tough stretch. Let's just get to the next one. Um, well, you could feel it in that first quarter. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That was brutal. All right. We're going to we're going to change the mood here a little bit. Let's get to the things that we didn't like our, our most negative takeaway from the last week. Miriam, do you want to start us off again? Oh, what the hell? Um, All right. <laughs> well, especially because mine won't be that interesting. But but my my concern, as usual, with the Clippers is injuries. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. not knowing, you know, what, you know, what progressing means with with Serge and, you know, <laughs> You know, they could use him against, you know, the Joel Embiid's of the world going forward. Yeah. I mean, not that they're going to see him again in the regular season, but players like that, obviously. Um, right. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, Kawhi's, you know, a, what what is a sore foot in, <laughs> in Clipperdom? Yeah. You know? Like, uh, you know, obviously he went on the trip and, and you know, Ty, you know, acknowledged that, that that was a good sign. But then yesterday, Ty kind of was like, well, you know, it's always concerning when someone's injured. Um, but he's progressing. He's feeling better. So, like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, you know, you want to think like he'll, you know, that they are in fact just being precautionary and, and wanting to take care of him. And and especially when you look around the league and see all the injuries, and like you definitely don't want to push anyone at right. all if you don't have to. And they don't have to, you know, because you know, they're victories of the moral and on paper variety. Um, so very, you know, very well could be that. But but you, you know, if, if you're looking for a negative thing on this, like what uh, Brian is calling a four and a week, I, th- I think those sort of concerns are, are pretty paramount. Yeah, I really get the vibe that both L.A. teams like as soon as the stars like, oh, this feels like a little weird. They're like, OK, you're out. Just sit down. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, I think that some of these are um, I'm not saying that they're total like bullshit injuries or anything no, like that. No. But I, th- I think that they're definitely extending them further than they would in a normal season. Um, and especially at this point in the season, getting so close to the playoffs, it's like with the schedule like i i do think that some of these injuries are um maybe i'm projecting a bit much but like almost like protest injuries like with the schedule that has been placed on these guys and it's already been reported this season that the athletes aren't you know super excited about the league right now and not happy with with how things were handled for this season and so i think some of it is like you don't want to give us a rest cool we'll create our own then um i get that vibe a little bit i mean I still stand by it. Surge is on vacation. Um, I don't care. I think Surge is, is I think Surge could probably suit up and play today. His uh, Instagram would lead one to believe that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's chilling so hard. Um, that's the light. And he's given us, yeah. And he's given us great looks. Yeah. So, um, so I'm all for it, but uh, yeah, it, it's the injuries, you know, it's tough. And especially with the, you know, the cryptic clippers that don't ever want to tell us like anything like, solid it it leads to a lot of speculation which could drive one crazy for sure i feel bad for ty i feel bad for ty at this point because we keep asking and he gives us the exact same answer every time and i feel like every every <laughs> time he leaves a pregame presser he goes i don't know why they keep fucking asking me this shit because i'm never going to tell him anything i feel like that's the first thing well, he says well, when he stands up okay but in our defense like that's our job and no i know our defense um, I don't know, like if you go on other team zooms or go to a major league baseball scrum, like the first thing they do is kind of give you an update. Not, not like with the nitty gritty details of like right. injuries, but like, you know, you sit down before a baseball game. And the first thing the manager does is like, all right, this guy just did a rehab assignment here. He had a little bit of setback there. This is going to like, and he goes through the list and they like right. give you something to work with as opposed to being the cryptic clippers which just leads to lots of speculation and everyone can just right. make up what they want and 
So we give yeah. them an opportunity to answer so that we no one has to go crazy right. speculating. So maybe maybe what needs to happen is like this week one of us you know, gets called on. It's like, Ty, what's your favorite color? Ty, what's your favorite food? Ty, what's your favorite movie? Ty, who's actually injured on the team? Yeah. And then see if you can get the like honest answer out of them. I was thinking about that. Maybe I'm you just so down for that idea. You're hired. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hey Ty, I know you're not a doctor. You don't have to tell us again. I know you're not a doctor, but yeah. um, if you were a doctor, what would you say about this injury? <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's play. Let's play the OJ game. I didn't do it, but if I did, but if you did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my negative takeaway is the word soreness. Um, it's mm. the bane of my existence at this point. Just jumping off of what Miriam was talking about, um, not knowing exactly what it is, not even knowing. Like, I wish we could ask and get a real answer. I just don't feel like we would if we were like, you know, if this was the playoffs, would he play today? That's all I'd want to know, because I know that, you know, there, there are coaches who are like, yeah, this is one of the things where we just want them to get to 100 percent. But if it was the playoffs, I'd have them play today. So I kind of want to ask in those terms, like, hey, if this was the you know game one of a playoff series, are these guys playing or are they out? You know, um, and he's going to be like, well, he won't. Give you know, I don't even answer. talk to the medical I staff. Idea I don't better. even know their just name. Rapid yeah. fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you. Um, I'll, I'll jump on a mine. It. it I'll be honest, this was tough this week for me yeah. um, because I think the obvious one obviously is injuries um, and like Double not obvious. taking away from not yeah, not taking away from what you guys said. I mean, it's I knew that it was going to come up at least once because it's been the thing this whole year. Um, but obviously, I laid out how high I was on the team this last week. Um, yeah, I saw Joseph. You thought I was going to go somewhere else when I no, said third, how high I was. Third, but, third um, obvious. That's your third obvious in this <laughs> sentence. It's really good. But if we're if we're like going to nitpick a little bit and kind of dive into it, it was for me, Zoo struggling against Philly. That was, you know, yeah. I would want to see him play a little bit better against Embiid. Um, not because obviously if they're going to see each other in the postseason, it's going to be in the finals and I'll be over the moon already about that. But, um, you know, there's some elite big guys that Zoo's going to have to get through to get to the finals. And so um, we have seen him play really well against bigs but there's also been some struggles and and it's just the consistency with his play against some of these guys what's up joseph sorry i just have a quick question that i want to you know toss to you guys he's the only player on the team that's played every game could he sure. just be like exhausted and like could it be that when when he struggles i'd have to go back but like when he has these games you know where he's throwing his hands up and he's like what the fuck and all this other stuff is he just the only one on the team that's exhausted because he's the only one on the team that's played every single game of this bullshit season? I don't know. I think maybe it could be that. I also think that we've seen him struggle against big guys in the past. You know, like I know 2019 was a long time ago, but that series, you know, and of course he had like two like nubs for hands in that series. But like <laughs> it like there's just been some of those games. And I think that it's just part of his development. Like he's come a long way and I think he's way better than like. I mean, clearly Magic Johnson ever thought he could be, but like as much as we love him, you know, I don't think we were expecting this like premier big man. Um, and so I think part of it is just, you know, ebbs and flows of of developing an elite big guy. I don't know, Miriam, if you've got a different thought on that. I, I'm I don't know. I'm gonna look at that, Joseph. That's interesting. I mean, I whether or not his poorer games come, you know, and, and these sets that are really compact and like a mm -hmm. bunch of games in a few nights. I mean He's a, he's a, he's a big boy. It's a lot of work to be a visit to the right. 
Um, and and then to like go up against Joel Embiid, who's probably the best big guy in the league, um, right? Who's definitely out to take your lunch money. Like that's not easy. Um, right. So, but also it, it did show like that that there is a long way that he can go yet. Um, and I right. think Zoo knows that. Um, so. Yeah, I agree with you both. Wow, what a politician! What a politician! Come on this podcast and play this middle of the line shit. With <laughs> yeah, us. Mid- mid-road Miriam um, over here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, all right, all right. Should we play our favorite game? Let's do it. Let's play our favorite game. All right, all right. Favorite game here. Hot take, not take. Miriam, you've been on the show more times than I can obviously count. Um, that's your six obvious right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> And uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna start home. off with our with our, yeah, yeah. for anybody who's taking drinks every time I say the word um, we're gonna get to our hot takes first. If you got a scorcher in the barrel, feel free to uh, let it fly, or you can deflect to Joseph, and and we'll go the other way. Um, I'm gonna deflect. Okay, everybody's so scared on this podcast. Just come out firing. Um, the listeners can just smell the fear right now. That's right. Uh, my hot take <laughs> is that. Um, kind of touching on what we've been talking about. I think the Clippers are just trying to keep their good players fresh and they're going to use these last, you know, 14 games to sit people and get them healthy. And they're doing it so that they can empower their role players before the playoffs. They want to make sure that the role players are at peak confidence by the time the playoffs come around so that there's no like feeling out period so that everybody feels like they know who they are. They know what they can do. And when playoff time comes around, Ty can call on anybody and everybody and know exactly what they're going to bring to the table. That's that's almost a not take at this point. It's I was like, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was hard for me to come up with a hot take. I was, I, I okay, was struggling me, with that one this week. Do you want to go, Miriam, or nope, do you want me to, I, to yeah, turn I'm the heat up thinking, in here? Actually. All right. All right I'll, I'm going to turn the heat up a little bit here. Here's my hot take, all right? Nicholas Patum should be both the six-man and defensive player of the year, all right? In his last five games, this is, this is the scorcher, in his last five games, He's shooting 45% from the field, 42% from deep, 100% from the line. He's uh, he's total 26 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals, and 10 blocks in his last 5 games. He's averaging 2 blocks a game right now. Um, and the Clippers are winning his total minutes by 57 points, which is basically they're winning his Batum minutes by 10 points a game right now. Um, he's been absolutely unbelievable. I put it on Twitter the other day. There are three things you can always count on in life, death taxes and the timely Batum three in the fourth quarter. Um, he is way to steal my really take. Way up. to steal my take. I've been on that for all year. OK, I thought your take was was a little mild. So I turned it up a little bit. <laughs> oh, my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just been so fucking good. My hot take is that he's winning both those awards. I don't care if he played half the season as a starter. Six man is him is his lock it in. Defensive player of the year. Everyone else, eat your heart out. We've got one of the best rim protectors in the league coming off the bench right now. <laughs> he uh, he should win three. He should win most improved too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go. say, we're oh. going to add, who's, who's most improved going to be? Julius Randle? It has to be. Has to be. Yeah. So it's between Batum and Grant. Randall? And Jeremy Grant's in the conversation yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you know, if I had a vote, if we're not joking here, it would be Nicholas Batum. Um, all right. <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> Give us some heat here. What's your hot take? Oh gosh, I'm so bad at hot takes. Um, looking, look. Well, first of all, I think Sweet James doesn't play guitar. Looking at, over your shoulder, Brian. That's my first one. That's my. That's no, my. He hot plays. Take. He play. Well, he plays a bass. First of all, okay, that's bass. A bass in the well, background. okay. Well, okay. Either 
I think he's anyway. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I don't know, man. I that beard tells me that man knows how to like throw some slaps down on that thing. There's no no chance. There is no chance. You don't think so? No chance. The the bass is like way too specific. Like a guitar is like everybody's got a guitar hanging up somewhere. The bass is such a specific string instrument to hang up. I have to feel like he's got chops on it. There's no chance. Joseph, you're with me. I think it was I think it was a yeah. gift. I think it's a yeah. He's like he's yeah. He rolls with musicians. Oh, uh, yeah. And somebody was like, here's a signed Schecter to hang yeah, up in your office somewhere. That's, that's my hot. Can that be my hot take? Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. I we'll actually think it. that's hot because I think that dude rips. I think he rips on the I want to find I out. Think... I need to find out. But that's my, that's my, I just like my, my gut tells me that. Yeah. That, I no. think you're out of your fucking mind, Brian. That's what I think. I think you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some J funk happening in that office, dude. Some sweet J funk. No, I just think that if you, <laughs> J funk, if you were that. If you were spending that much money on advertisements, okay, and you wanted to really put yourself out there, he would absolutely play that bass in a commercial if he really wanted mm. to like grab some eyeballs. <laughs> and so the Facts. fact that he hasn't done it yet proves to me, Your Honor, that he does not play bass. I rest my case. Thank you. See, I think he's so good that he doesn't find it necessary to peacock. He's like, I fucking got this shit in the bag. I don't need to prove this to anybody. <laughs> so you've got him as an elite bass player who feels so <laughs> yeah, confident yeah. in his skills that he doesn't need to show the world. I straight up, I think that Law was like a fun thing on the side. I think that he's like, I think he's an amazing <laughs> bass player. And he was like, you know, I, I got to have some kind of side gig to like... <laughs> keep me occupied in between taking this motherfucker for a walk and so he he started practicing law yeah uh, okay that was a good hot take that was yeah, a good yeah, hot you, take i like your hot discussion. Take is, yeah. dueling hot takes <laughs> all right we're gonna hit the other end of the spectrum here we're gonna get into our not takes our nuanced you know nobody should really push on it not not much argument kind of takes for the week um miriam this seems like more your wheelhouse <laughs> <laughs> well, my hot take was also a not. <laughs> I disagree. I completely hot disagree. Take. So you're getting pushback. So I'm I'm disproving your your theory of that being a not take. Uh, do you have a not take ready, or do you want us to kick it off? How about okay? My not my not take is that Terrence Mann is going to grow up to be a very good basketball player. Okay. And that um, the the Laker fans in my life don't want to hear it, but I think he and Tht are going to both be good basketball players and, and Terrence at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be as productive as, as THT would be, will be, could be. Okay. I can kind of yeah. see that. Um, a guard who can't shoot, but can get into the paint. Yeah. They have like a similar profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I've apologized or I, I've refused to apologize more than I already have about my early takes on Terrence Mann. So instead of that, I'm just going to say, I totally agree with you. Um, Terrence Mann has been fantastic and, um, I still think that the, I, I still think he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and and, and even if that improvement is just a, a bit more consistency. Yeah. I got to say, I loved in the Philly game. This is like the most petty shit ever. Um, and I like to think it's conscious um, is that, you know, the big talk was like Doc was like, he's a point guard. I know point guards when I see point guards. And Luke came in and was like, that guy's not a mm-hmm. fucking point guard. And he's having the best season of his career. And they went in against Doc Rivers in Philly. And Terrence Mann played over 20 minutes and didn't 
put up one assist, not one assist and just completely. He probably could have. He probably could have had like 10 assists in that game, but was like, you know what? I'm going to really prove the point that I'm not a fucking point. guard. Similar okay? to Sweet James not actually playing the bass. Terrence Correct. Like, I'm going to lead to. Thank know. you. Yeah. So if we're doing this comparison, then you're saying that he can play the bass. He chooses not to. Wow. He's got you there, Miriam. He's really boxed <laughs> you in a corner there. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Doc was wrong about him being a point guard. And you are wrong about Sweet James being an elite bass player. Boom. <laughs> okay, face. Wow. Face, Wait, Brian. <laughs> face. Way to flip those tables on me. Well, it's been fun. You guys have a fun week. Um, I'm out of here. Joseph, hit us with your not take. Well, I want to talk about Terrence Mann for just two seconds. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I'd like to blow V8 here. I think um, <laughs> I think we've figured out kind of who he is. I mean, he's 24 now, I think. So I think so, yeah. I don't really expect there to be some major leap. Um, I think that him finding his, his niche now is a good thing, and I think that the improvement is going to be getting better at what he does. Um, I think... His shooting might get a little bit better in terms of consistency and being more willing to shoot. Uh, the form is still not great. Uh, you know, his release is a little slow. Um, anyway, whatever. I don't want to shot doctor it right now, but I think that the shooting will get a little better. I think that the defense will get a little bit better with experience. I think that he will get better on ball. Um, he'll understand more of what he's supposed to do. So I just think if if this continues, even if he stops developing right now, Having a guy who you got, you know, in the middle of the second round be a rotation level player is a good thing. I think we can kind of applaud the Clippers for that. Um, you know, will he be as good as Jay Scrub? I don't know. You know, Clippers savior Jay Scrub. Um, yeah, where that's that that bar is way too high. I wouldn't yeah. even touch future that one, future dude. third star Jay Scrub. Um, will <laughs> may have a better <laughs> career, but um, I think that the Terrence man evolution has been really really fun um and feeling like you want him in the game now like you're like where is terrence why is he not out there why is he not getting minutes is like such a crazy flip from even games one through three of the season where you're like why is terrence man on the floor um what are we doing so i just want to applaud him for that so so you don't think there's much room to grow you think like he's found who he is and and it'll be incremental if if I just, I don't know. I mean, Tobias Harris is really the only one that's kind of done anything where he's made notable improvements after a certain age. But at a certain point when you're 24, 25, I'm not saying you're a finished product, but I think that at that point, especially with it's your second year in the league and you're 24, it's just, I don't really know if those guys, because, you know, they're four-year college players, they're doing, like they know who they are as a basketball player. So it's not like there's a lot of real molding going on. I just don't think there's a big track record of dudes taking some huge leap with that sort of archetype. Um, I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for him to be fourth star behind Chase Grubb. I just think that (laughs) (laughs) I just think that the odds are against, you know, a middle second round pick taking a huge leap and, you know, adding even more to his game. You know, I just think he's going to get better at what he does. Which I think is improvement. I just don't think it's going to be like, oh wow, fuck Terrence Mann. I don't. I just don't think that that's going to be what we say. I think he could be a double double guy. I think his rebounding is good enough. Yeah. And you know, all he needs to do is get to ten points, and he could be a certified double double off a of bench for his career. I mean, that'd be insane for a guard to be a double yeah. double guy. But I think it'd be. I think it'd be fun. Um, I yeah, I could I totally that. see that. I I just think 
like you see things clicking for him in a way that's pretty exciting this year for sure he he's smart and willing to sort of take coaching and take i mean yeah that's how he was raised apparently but um you know yeah uh, (laughs) right but um yeah i I think he's just so savvy and willing to learn that that it's only gonna you know help him all right I'm going to get into my not take. Or did you give your not take, Joseph? No, I just talked about Terrence Mann. You can go and then I'll go right, later because right. I just talked a lot. Okay. So you can all go right, ahead. All right. yeah. We're, we're going to break up the Joseph show here a little bit. Um, Damn it. <laughs> uh, well, I just got a new not take after that conversation we had. My new not take is the Clippers have the best corner of NBA moms Twitter uh, yes. in the league. <laughs> the Clippers moms are the best on Twitter. Um, but no, my, my real not take is that um, Rondo and Batum coming off the bench has kind of I feel like made this team a bit deeper and really anchored the bench because of the amount of IQ that both those guys bring to that second unit and just the calmness like we talked about this like you know never like hanging your head always staying in it and I think a lot of it is like having those two like you know guys like those two that are like I don't know we've we've been around long enough we know that we can go on runs um and they've been you know so good it is is a bit of a stretch. Um, but I wasn't crazy about the Rondo trade. I see his value. It hasn't been, you know, super consistent, but considering what his play was before he got to the Clippers this season yeah. with Atlanta, uh, huge improvement. He looks yeah. way better with the Clippers than he did with Atlanta. Um, and Batum just off I mean, I already talked about it. You guys know how I feel about Batum at this point, but man, like the 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 just the veteran presence off the bench, I think, has made guys like Terrence Mann off the bench, you know, these guys like even better and just a, a bit more cohesive. And I think it makes that that second unit a little scarier and, and going into the playoffs where we're going to see these, you know, rotation shrink up a little bit, but where it's going to be crucial when one of those stars is on the bench, like you, you still have to be able to perform and, and, and hold your ground. And, and those guys give me a little more confidence that, that that's going to be shored up in the playoffs. So yeah, I just, I love what those two guys are bringing to the bench right now. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I think the biggest thing is defensively, I think you feel a little bit more comfortable with that second unit. Um, mm-hmm. I have a sneaky suspicion that Abaka will come off the bench. So I'm hoping that he gets a little bit of time with um, Rondo before the end of the year so they can kind of get their pick and pop chemistry stuff um, going. Um, this is kind of a gut feeling. I just feel like Zoo has been in the starting lineup long enough to where. Ty is going to be like, okay, this is our unit now. Like, this is our starting five. Like, yeah. we know how this works. Um, and so, you know, I think the real difference is, you know, the Lou Reggie backcourt, bench backcourt court really had a, a, a tough time stopping everybody. So, like, you were playing basically two negatives defensively with your bench pretty much all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so being able to have guys who are better defensively really kind of stabilizes the run, like the ebbs and flows of how that goes. Now, Rondo's going to be up and down. The role players, like it's just it's how it goes. Batum's going to be up and down. Batum has been insane for the last, you know, couple of weeks. So hopefully that continues. But I just think that it feels a little bit more plug and play malleable, where you can kind of have any different combination of your top eight nine guys and be like, yeah, I feel comfortable with this five on the floor, no matter who it is, because everybody's going to know kind of what they can bring and what they need to do with any given lineup. So. I think that's a really you know good thing. I had a take prepared kind of in that line in terms of like the plug and play where it was like get ready for some of these upcoming games to be absolutely punted. Um 
in favor of tinkering Ty, mm-hmm. kind of seeing what he's got for playoff sets. I think I actually think that the end of the Philly game was a bit of that. Um, but we've seen it a little bit, but I really think this like upcoming week or two is going to be a lot of like odd machinations. Like, I think we're going to see some lineups where we're like, that's what, what do we have here? And I think it's Ty just being like, let me see what I got. Let me see who's playoff ready, who, who, you know, has a good two man game. Like, I I think we're going to, you know, we've talked about tinkering Ty a lot. I really think this next week or two, he's going to start cooking and like getting ready for the playoffs. So like there could be some like losses. I just want to prepare Clipper nation for that. Don't live and die by every single one of these games. It's going to be a little maddening, but I do think that Ty is going to kind of get get a little weird in, in these upcoming weeks in preparation for the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, I, okay. I totally, totally can see that happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's talking about and, it, right? and everybody. And I feel like we yeah. haven't seen I, it. They lose two games in a row, and it's going to be like, see, the Clippers are pretenders. The Clippers aren't going to do anything. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, because so. no one else in the NBA has ever lost two games in a row. It's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Okay. Uh, my not take yes. is in the same vein again. Um, I think the Clippers have enough good role players to win a championship because you need good play from role players, you know, every once in a while. Um, and I think that that's true as long as Kawhi and Paul George are playing at the level they're playing at, which is an extremely high level. Um, and I also want to say that that's really all that matters. If Kawhi and PG are playing like this, and they're consistently playing like this in the playoffs, obviously the Clippers can win a title. I think you need your your star players to show up. And it doesn't matter who's on the back end of the bench as long as those two guys are playing that way. Um, but I think that if you combine that with the eight or nine guys, you know, the six, sorry, the six or seven guys that we have behind them, I think we have enough depth in role player talent at this point to where someone's going to show up every night. And that's what you need in a playoff run is just one guy. You need one other guy other than your stars to give you something. And I think that this this last week, the last, you know, basically since the All-Star break, we have seen these guys are ready at any given point to give you something. One night it might be Reggie. One night it might be Luke. One night it's going to be Nick Batum. One night it's going to be Marcus Morris deciding he just doesn't want to miss, which is what he's decided to do all year, which has been really great. Um <laughs> someone is going to have a night each night. And I'm confident in that this year. Um, Last year, it kind of felt like if those guys didn't have it, you were leaning on somebody who wasn't really ready um, to do that or couldn't really give it to you given the circumstance or whatever you want to say. But um, I feel like we have more solid role player, playoff role player minutes now where you're like, okay, someone's going to give us something. And Mm -hmm. even if they don't have it, they're going to give us something on the other end to where, you know, it's not a disaster that they're on the floor. I feel like we've kind of gotten rid of, I mean, unless a certain player is also not making shots um, <laughs> and turning the ball over. But as long as it's not that, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think the big difference, like you kind of alluded to, was last year, if, you're st- if the star players didn't have it, they had this, you know, historic scoring tandem off the bench. That also let other benches put up historic scoring numbers because right. they weren't great defenders. Where there's more defensive diversity, like I, I, I do think that you know there are some guard issues in terms of defense, but as a team, they're more versatile than they were last year mm-hmm. um, on that end of the ball. It took us time to get there, and um, I think that that was you know going to happen. I think that that was a growing pain of adding new pieces. But I think you're right. I think it's I think there's way more of a Swiss Army knife to this team mm-hmm. than there was 
last season. And even then, if, if Pat is healthy, some of those like our guard defense is kind of compromised with is going to go away, even if he comes off the bench, even if he doesn't like sure. there's just if we're if we're running two guards that have are you know, either plus or neutral defenders and then only one guard where you're kind of like. Maybe it's a disaster. You can kind of hide that if you've got the other two, then you can just mm-hmm. play them, you know, the whole second half. So um, I just feel more, I feel, I was really confident about the depth last year because I felt like there were ways that it could be used and obviously it didn't get used. Shout out Doc Rivers. Um, and I think that Ty has <laughs> the <laughs> desire and ability to use the depth that we have in ways that are creative and productive. Yeah. Um, Miriam, are you seeing some of these same differences? Um you know, year over year. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. As far as uh, I think the role players are being utilized very, very you know, very smartly, um, but also being empowered, you know, back mm-hmm. to the, the trust thing. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it feels like everybody's kind of had a moment or moment, you know, a few moments um, to step up and really prove themselves, which will go a long way in the long run, you know? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Luke's have some, you know, as up and down as Luke Kennard's season has been, he's had some just like these beautiful, inspiring moments, you know, right. with the Atlanta game or the other, you know, or on this last week. Um, and, and he carries that with him. And then his teammates, you know, remember it too. And or Reggie or, you know, on and on and on. Everyone, it feels like they've all taken turns sort of carrying that mantle as, as like number three. And, and yeah. that feels very championship caliber like. And I think what you just said is really important in terms of the team is carrying the positives more than they're carrying the negatives. I feel like last mm-hmm. year it felt like anytime something went wrong, that was the sticking point. So instead of it being like, okay, things are going wrong right now, we'll be able to get something from somebody later. It just felt like, well, things are just going to keep going wrong because that's how this goes. Whereas this year it feels like even if things are going wrong, they're like, well, we know Reggie has it in terms of like he has it in him. We know. Luke Kennard has it in him. Shit, we know Patrick Patterson has it in him to, you know, lead a spirited comeback in the second half against the Philadelphia fucking 76ers. Like, it feels more like this team knows that they have it. Like, they have something. And so it's it's great. Yeah. It's more fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. All right. We're going to get to it. Home stretch here. It's my favorite segment. It's your favorite segment. It's everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> track of the week and actually i love doing this when you're here miriam because this segment was born i think maybe the first time you came on the show it was one of our first quarantine episodes you were our first guest first. to do it you were you were our first guest oh, to was do I? It. so what we did okay. was i had a very stupid idea miriam and i feel so bad that i wasted your time in that first episode um oh like you we, had a whole list of yeah i had a whole yeah. list of yeah. of the weeks i thought because we did it the first episode as quarantine hit brian and i did it mm-hmm. together and we debuted track of the week and we talked for 25 minutes about music and that was a waste of everybody's time but then i decided to waste even more of everybody's time and i came up with like a list of 15 things that i wanted to be of the week um and you so graciously humored me and decided to come back on the show after that which i think is very <laughs> Well, it was quarantine. I had nothing else to do. That's true. That's Very what I'm true. saying. Like, we didn't have a game of the week to talk yeah. about. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go track of the week. Miriam, we can start with you. If not, I'm going to throw it to Joseph. Sure. I'll start this one. My okay. Hot take, not take. Just kidding. Um, track. Um, <laughs> inspired by our conversation about bass, um, I'm going to go with Esperanza Spalding's Judas because okay. I love her. And that's one of my her favorite, like, 
really cool baseline songs. So okay, that's mine. I I love. I mean, I think bass is my. It, it was the first instrument really I learned how to play, um, and I think it's still one of my favorite. I think it's my favorite instrument to watch somebody shred on, like absolutely like, go to town on. Um, I had this like experience a few years ago where I went to a comedy show in SF and I got way too high before the show, like uncomfortably high. And they seated us and they were playing like Tina Marie. They were playing, um, you know, like Whitney Houston, like all of these kind of like 80s, like kind of funky songs. And the bass was super high on the speakers. Mm. And it just brought me back to earth. And I like nobody could bother me in that moment. I was just like, these bass lines are so good. And the bass is like my grounding like spirit. I love it. Mm. So Yikes. I gotta check out your track of the week. Cool. I love I love bass players. I love metal bass players actually, specifically that don't work very hard. <laughs> I love it when a metal band has their bass player just like play a couple notes here and there. And so you're at the show. <laughs> Everybody's going nuts. It's like this super intricate thing. And you look at the bass player and he's just kind of like, doop, 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 doop. And that's it. (laughs) Just having the time of his life, not doing anything. Hey, man, there's value in that. All right. Ringo wasn't the flashiest drummer, but he was a great one. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, bro. Could could the outcast. (laughs) Sorry, I was going to do the outcast Beatles thing that's going on on Twitter this week, but I fucked up. So let's just move on. Wait, there's there's a there's a discourse about out. Outcast and the Beatles? Yeah, there's a whole there's been a whole thing about how Outcast is actually better than the Beatles as a musical group. Um and someone was saying that, you know, the Beatles could have never written one of Outcast songs, which is true, just based on you know their life experience. Um and and technology. Yeah. <laughs> um and then someone like was like, Yeah, but the Outcast couldn't write Hey Jude. And so then the the thing was like, no, Outcast definitely could have written Hey Jude. Like they were talented enough to write Hey Jude. It's just what a bizarre conversation to it, have. Yeah, I fight. saw this in in I was, yeah. I don't know, like I don't know. It's apples and oranges. Like and, yeah. and it's music. Like that's such yeah. a Yeah, subjective... I was like, why? Why do we have to like the <laughs> why do we have to turn the Beatles and Outcast into verses? You know, like yeah, TB zero four one five six one two three one. Why are you doing this, <laughs> Tony brother? Yeah. yeah, and then he blows a whistle. Yeah, then he watches Paul George get stabbed. Okay, so my track of the week um, is just me shouting out an artist. Um, I just love Earl Sweatshirt. I just want to put it out mm-hmm. into the world. I think Earl Sweatshirt's a very very talented rapper, musician, artist, whatever you want to you know, call him. Um, and so my track of the week is his um, set at Camp Flogna in 2019, which I think, no, it, it wasn't. I was going to say, I think that was the last concert I went to, but I made a point to be there, you know, and it was just super great to watch an artist that I really enjoyed who had had such a, who has had such a weird career and has taken so many different turns, but it's just super talented, super intelligent. And just like, it was a vibe, you know, to bring that back that word. It, that whole set list is so great and you kind of like hear his genius in that set list. And um, he was one of the first artists I've ever gone to see that just played tracks that no one's ever heard. Just, you know, nothing that's been released. You can't find it anywhere other than, you know, in recordings of his live shows, but it's just, you know, something he likes. And so he's just going to do it and everybody's going to be like, what the fuck is this? This is awesome. Um, And then you'll never hear it again unless you go see him again. So um, I love him. I always, uh I love him and like really all the golf wing guys yeah. like all together because they're 
they're so open to taking risks mm-hmm. and like getting weird with stuff and just being like, I don't, I'm going to do something completely out of the blue and try it and see how it goes. And I don't think enough, you know, popular artists, like we're talking like festival artists, right? Cause you saw them at, at Flogna. Like I don't think enough do that. And so when I see an artist, even if it's a flop, even if it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is fucking trash. It's like, but you, you went right. for it and you tried something different and like you didn't, you didn't find a formula that worked and sold records and then stuck with that for the rest of your career. Like Santana did, you decided <laughs> that you were going to try something completely different. And so I appreciate that. And yeah, I'm taking shots. San- at Santana, Santana and Slash found one thing that worked for both of them. And they're like, let's just do this a thousand times and everybody will yeah, say dude, I'm great. Ev- yeah. Every Santana solo is the same the Santana same. solo. The same, same with Slash yeah. though. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he wrote November Rain and was like, oh, I could just do this forever. Yeah, no one's going to know. Well, we know. <laughs> we know. Um, well, what was the video game? Was it Guitar Hero? Yeah. 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 It works for that. It's true. Yeah, exactly. It, it can be packaged and sold to millions and millions of there people. I was very good at Guitar Hero. <laughs> I was in, like, I was embarrassingly good at Guitar Hero. So you need one of those Guitar Hero guitars hanging in the background <laughs> of your commercial. <laughs> I'll see if I can dig it up. I could play Guitar right. Hero behind my head. Think about it. Party <laughs> trick. I was super cool at 12. Impressed. Brian, what's your uh, what's your track of the week? So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole these last couple of weeks. Um, I randomly heard this song on um, KEXP, which is like Seattle's public radio station. And um, got really like, I was like, this song is amazing. I'd never heard it before. It sounded like it would have been pulled like directly out of like a, a Wes Anderson film. Okay. Um, and... I looked up the artist and then I happened into the um, Korean psychedelic scene of like the 60s and 70s. And I just started going through artists and Let's listening to all go. this stuff. And I found this dude um, named Shin Jun Hyung, uh, who was a guitar player. He I actually like I've gone through his like entire discography already. I'm like really bummed he doesn't have a bigger body of work. Um, but he's got this one album. It's a self-titled album um, with his band. And the song Long, Long Night is probably my favorite track on the album, but the entire album is good. If you are into like psych at all blues, hmm. like basically if you like Jimi Hendrix and like specifically the um, Band of Gypsies era of Jimi Hendrix, you would love this album. It's very like blues and kind of like uh, almost like it's almost meditative where like they're playing this riff over and over and then he'll start like fucking around on top of it. And then there'll be like a quick like bridge and then they'll come back to it. Um, it's so good. It, it's so I'm, I'm, I cannot stop listening to this album. So Shin Jun Hyung, uh, listen to everything he's ever done, but long, long night, that riff. Oh my God. It's such a good blues riff. I'm so into it. I'll, awesome. I'll check that out today after we're done here. That sounds good. Yeah. I'll send it to you. It's it's um I'll send you the album. It's so dude, it's it's unbelievable. Um awesome. Well, Miriam, thank you so much for coming on for you know seventh, seven hundredth, who knows these days. Um, but we appreciate that you keep coming back and taking the abuse that we give you uh for no apparent reason. Um we love having you on the show. We're gonna have you on another countless amount of times, but uh you alluded to your piece that you just wrote. So if you want to plug that, anything else. The floor is yours. Uh, yeah, just um, I write every day about the Clippers and it all goes to ocregister.com slash Clippers. So go there and give me some clicks, please. Or moreover, if you can convince like someone in your family to subscribe 
make sure that, or if anybody, if you know anybody who's going to subscribe to the Orange County Register, any of our 12 papers, um, do it through a Clipper story. <laughs> okay. Okay. You heard him. No, that's good advice. Yeah. Everybody do that. And honestly, um, not, not just doing this because you're one of our favorite guests. Like you are truly one of our favorite writers and, yeah. and everybody, if you're listening to this, you love the Clippers. If you aren't following Miriam's writing, go do it. She's got some of the best coverage of the team. Um, she's one of the best beat writers on the Clippers beat. Um, yeah. If, if Miriam is not in your rotation of, of Clippers coverage, you are fucking up and I need you to get your life together. <laughs> yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror and get your shit together and start going reading Miriam. That's true. All right. I'll She's send you the check for that after. She's very dedicated <laughs> oh, to her million. craft. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to talk to Miriam when I was at the game um, and she karate kicked me when I came too close because she was trying to follow her story. <laughs> she was like, she was in the zone and she kicked me and I, you know, I flew back and, you know, it hurt my ego a little bit, but that's the type. And no foul. No foul was called. That's right. <laughs> Tony Brothers, TB1247845 looked at me and said, no foul. It's clean. Um, so other than a bruised ego, you know, I realized how ravenous her, um, her dedication is to her craft. So if you're not following her, you're fucking up. And then she sanitized her suit, her shoes, which I thought was a bit unnecessary, but um, it was a little you know, much, it, but you know, it, I understood it. <laughs> um, Speaking of subscribing and all of that, uh, I want to encourage everybody listening to this, wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe to the show. If there's an option to rate or review, do that as well. That really helps us out. Uh, I just found out this week. I don't know. I haven't even told you, Joseph. Uh, we are charting on sports podcasts right now. We are in the 200s of chartable sports podcasts. So appreciate all the support that everybody's given us. Um, let's get to 100. I would love for that to happen. If we got a Clippers podcast in the top 100. Fuck that. Let's get to number be... one, guys. I don't care if you okay, have fair to enough, berate, yeah. <laughs> berate your grandparents. Okay. Get as many people as you can to listen because we need to be number one. Thank you. We do. We do need to be number one. Um, And I, I do this every week. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to point everybody. Um, we are completely listener supported. Um, you know, we, Joseph and I have talked about it. We are for Clipper Nation by Clipper Nation. Uh, we consciously do not want advertisers in here. Um, so if you want to help support that, help keep the show um, sustained, go to patreon.com slash clipsetpod and become a paid patron of the show. The episodes will always be free. You don't have to be a paid patron to get access to it because we do not believe that resource equals access. However, if you do have the ability to do it, please, we would really appreciate it if you could help us um, keep this thing going. We you know, pay monthly fees on a few different things to keep the show going. So um, even, even $2 a month really helps us out. That's a quarter an episode. Um, I think it's worth it. I could be crazy. I am crazy. So maybe I shouldn't be the one promoting this, but please do it. We do have a new subscriber. Uh, a new clip set commander, Joseph. I'm going to let you shout this one out. What's our clip? Our new clip set commander's name? Uh, my mother, and we'll just leave it at that. My mother is our newest okay. clip set commander. So shout out, mom. Thank you, mom. Hey, hey, and it, you know what? I already said. Can, can I ask? Clippers moms Joseph, are the best. Is she on Twitter with the other Clipper moms? Um, no comment. So we'll. I'm going to leave it oh, at that. We're finding Joseph's mom on Twitter this week. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much. Um, Stay safe out there. Miriam, you have a good week. Looking forward to all your articles this week. Uh, and everybody listening, remember to always wash, rinse, sanitize, repeat. And if you don't, Donald's throwing you in. And that's a fact. Peace.